Lori Houston's News for the Heart is dedicated to helping you give a voice to your own soul. Our hearts have the power to free us from pain and the struggles that keep us from awakening to our true essence. Join Lori now as we delve into our heart and soul to find the path that will open us to the possibilities and lead us to the life we love to live. And good afternoon. This is News for the Heart. And today, I have Thomas Campbell with me. Tom is an amazing person. We, I know I can't say enough about Tom and... You know, I know he's been doing a lot of new great stuff, and that's kind of exciting. Of course, I'm all about bringing the practical, so how does it relate? But this, we're coming into love month, so I always like to talk about love and relationships and how to connect with others. We had a very interesting um, post on our last interview, which was just about, you know, how to connect with others, what do we do, how can we be... And how do we feel connected? So some of those questions around that with regards to Love Month kind of makes it feel really nice. Um, So welcome to the show, Tom. As always, love to have you. And uh, let's play. All right. (laughs) Let's let's play love. Let's play love. (laughs) It's always a big topic. Mm -hmm. So. So you want me to respond to that or do you have... You you want to get your one shot at a uh, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> at, at a soliloquy in here? It's, this is true. I, I think <laughs> I think we're good to start with this and see what where we go. <laughs> okay. Well, that uh, that question hit a lot of points. It uh, hit a lot. Yes. Yeah. You know, relationship being one of them, and uh, of course we talk a lot about that in general. We do. But you know, let's talk a little bit about just what. You know what relationship is and what we bring to it if if um, if we are self focused or self centered if it's all about us and that means we're fear based because when we have fear that makes it all about us because fear is personal fear is about you and it's you kind of against whatever it is you're afraid of mostly you against you know everything else. Uh, in your in your life, so fear makes you <laughs> goodness. <clears throat> Excuse me, I just <laughs> something I ate. No, that was one of my little doggies. I have deer that wander around in my yard, and a doggie behind me uh, has evidently spotted one, and uh, they just they just can't uh, they just can't have deer in the yard without permission the deer have to submit you know triplicate applications to walk through the yard and anyway hopefully that'll go away in just a second okay yeah relationship um if if we have fear and most of us have fear that fear tends to make us self-focused self-centered that's the result of it Uh, that comes out in terms of ego and and beliefs well, when it's about you, think about a relationship. What is it that makes a relationship a relationship? So consider you yourself and you're in a relationship with another person and it's all about you. See, what does that say about the relationship? And let's say they're fearful and it's all about them. Now the two of you are having a relationship. You see the problem right away. Obviously, if it's all about you and for them, it's all about them and you're having a relationship, 
it's just not going to work too well. It's a, um, you know, you're starting out with a, with a problem. Um, it's to have a good relationship. It has to be about other. It can't be about you. When it's about you, you're having a relationship with yourself. That's called narcissism. <laughs> and it generally doesn't take you anywhere very happy or anywhere very satisfying. It usually is just a, kind of a continual, um, a, you know, downer is is the way narcissism plays out. It's never a happy place and it's never very satisfying. So just from that very basic, we see that if we're going to have relationship and we're going to have a, a, a good relationship, it can't be about us. It can't be about our needs. Right. It can't be about the things that we want and the things that we need, because if it's about us, then that immediately really puts a puts a barrier up to a relationship. Relationship has to be about other. So if your relationships are not really good or they're struggling or you're displeased with them or you'd rather have them some other way, you should maybe look to yourself and see how are you giving to that relationship? How How is it about the other person? And I don't mean giving in the sense that I do A, B, C, and D, you know, and that's my contribution. That's still about you if it's in terms of your contribution. You see, that's still not about the other person. And when I say, what are you giving, is how much of it is about them? What their needs, desires, wants, and so on are, that you're concerned about them and how they feel and what, what their reality looks like, and how can you do anything to make that better. If that's your attitude, then your relationship will get really good. And even if that's just one person's attitude in a relationship between two, the relationship will still get a lot better. But then if you're that one person, then you say, oh, well, I'm the one that's giving everything. You know, that's not fair and so on. Well, then that's just about you again. You see, it goes right back to being about you, in which case then the relationship gets a lot worse again. So giving, oh, that's your new kitty. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yes. <laughs> yeah, look at those furry ears. That's... She's got quite the ears, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's a, so that's kind of a key idea. So relationship can be a good relationship, even if you're the only one that's really thinking about other. Right. It doesn't really require two, in that sense. You can make a pretty good relationship just out of one. In other words, it only takes one to love. Love is something you give away. Not something you, you know, it's not a thing you bargain with. It's not a contract or a deal or I'll do this if you do that. It's always unconditional and it's always something you give. And it's, your giving is a singular thing. It's what you do. It's what you choose to do. And if you do that without condition, then even if your other, even if the person in that relationship with you doesn't feel that way and it's about them, you'll still have a pretty good relationship. It will be, you know, a uh, a good, significant relationship. So it's not true that, well, I've done everything I can, you know, and they're just not meeting me halfway. Well, the problem is 
is you have this idea they need to meet you halfway. You say, well, that's a condition. I'll do this and I'll feel this way about you if you if you meet me halfway. Well, that's a condition. So the conditions get in the way. Now, a lot of people will hear that and think, uh, oh, well, I'll just be their doormat. You know, I'll be the step and fetch it. I'll be doing everything and uh, they'll just be taking advantage of me. Well, again, that's all about you. That's a fear. I'll be taken advantage of. It won't be fair to me. How will I get my stuff that I want? You see, which is right back to I, 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 and me. So you can't do this intellectually. If you could do it intellectually, then it would be, it would be easier, but it, you know, it doesn't work intellectually. You can try to just give and intellectually do those things that you think you should do, but now you're acting like you care. Now you're acting like it's about them. But you're really just waiting for them to, you know, get in gear and give something back. Well, that doesn't work. You're acting. And though that's civilizing and, and may, again, make your relationship better in some ways, you can't act for very long. Eventually, the acting grows old. You get annoyed because you're not getting what you really, you know, want, which is, you know, about you. And it just doesn't work. So the thing is, love is always unconditional. And if it's not love-based, it's fear-based. If it's fear-based, it's mostly ego and belief-based. And if that's the case, your relationships are always going to be a struggle. Right. You're going to just struggle through them. And they'll be okay sometimes, maybe even really good sometimes. And they'll be very challenging sometimes because it's kind of hit or miss whether the two of you are meeting each other's needs, you know, satisfying each other's requirements and conditions. And people change. Those conditions that seem to work out pretty well, you know, a decade ago or two decades ago, don't necessarily work out so well anymore. But if the love is unconditional, it doesn't really matter too much about how things change because it's unconditionally given. So that's a hard thing for most people to do. You see, it's a really difficult thing. I make it sound kind of easy. Oh, just, you know, <laughs> yeah. love unconditionally and all your problems yeah. will be solved. Yeah. That is a really tough thing to do. And that's what we're here to learn how to do. Right. So it's not a wonder that we don't get it like in the first, you know, 15 minutes or that we don't say, oh, okay, I get it. All right, I'll just become love. You know, it's a nice thought, but it doesn't work that way. This is something you have to work on, think about. But again, it's not intellectual. It's not how you act. It's how you are. When it's about somebody else, it's not because you think that's the way you need to be, but because that's the way you are. It really is about somebody else, you see. So that's what we're here for. So we should not feel bad that we're not, you know, to that point where that defines, you know, love defines us yet because very, very, very few people are at that point. But it ought to be where we're going. It ought to be where we're growing to, what we're trying to become. And if we keep focused on that, we will become it. We will grow in that direction if we really want to and we see the value in it and see that that is where the relationship gets really good. Because what happens is that when you give to somebody else, when you really care about them and the love is unconditional, that provides them with a 
with an environment, with a relationship environment where they're safe. They don't have to meet this requirement or that requirement. You've given them a safe space to be whoever they are, however they are, and that's okay. And in that safe space, typically they can start to grow. They start seeing, oh, you know, I need to, I need to pay more attention here. You know, I need to give some back. I need to be, you know, I need to appreciate, you know, what I'm, you know, the situation that I'm in and this person that is giving to me. So by you being giving, it tends to raise the probability that that other person is going to also start growing in the same direction. And it may take a while. It may, uh, you know, it, old habits sometimes take a little time to break. And if you suddenly change, then the other person's going to be saying, you know, you know, who are you? <laughs> and, you know, what did you do with my, you know, with my significant other, you know, but, uh, and they may not trust it for a while that it's not going to last. But if you change to where you're not acting, then eventually that other person is very likely to start to grow as well. And then you have the perfect situation where two people are giving to each other unconditionally. And that's all happiness and bliss. That just works really, really well. So that's sort of the theory. <laughs> yeah. The practice is a little harder and it takes time, but it's something that all of us should just work on. Just try to do a little better at it. Uh, catch ourselves with our requirements and with it being about us and our needs and the way we want things to be and the way, you know, the, the the right way, which of course is our way, you know, we have that in our mind. If it's our way, then it must be the right way by definition and the better way. And we know that and other people just don't seem to get that. So we have to continue to manipulate things so that it does work the better way that uh, we know it should. So as long as we're in that path, then our life will be a struggle. And our relationships will be suboptimal and they will be good sometimes, bad sometimes. And if we're too much that way, they'll be bad most of the time. Because that also creates itself. In other words, if you act, if you are love, you tend to then create that in, in the other person. You give them that opportunity to grow. But if you are self-centered, you tend to create that in the other person. If you're self-centered and it's all about you, then you create an environment where it's more likely that your partner is going to also be more self-centered and all about them. So it tends to, you know, you tend to, you tend to encourage to create what, uh, what you are. You get a mirror, you know, people, people kind of mirror themselves in you. So if it's all about you, then it's probably all about them in your relationship and that just then goes downhill that's that's your downhill spiral so the more it's about me then the more it's about my partner you know thinks it's about them and then I look at that and then it's more about me because I see oh no I'm it's not fair I'm not getting my fair share of what I want besides I know what's right and the other person never does what's right and you know it gets worse and then they act worse then you act worse and pretty soon you hit the bottom of the barrel and nothing really works well for either of you. And now you're just gritting your teeth and getting by. You're putting up with a situation that doesn't work because 
any other situation would even be worse. And that's not a happy way to live your life. And a whole lot of people are kind of in that that uh, thing where they kind of get in this downward spiral until it starts to feel so bad that they back up and and I, and become a little better. But it's more out of the intellect, out of mm-hmm. thinking that's what they need to do than it is out of the being level that they've actually changed who they are, which means that eventually it'll slide right back down to where it was. And then they try to bump it up a little bit and pay a little more attention. And then it slides back down to where it was. And they're kind of in this relationship that goes from okay to not so good Mm. all the time and the thing is they have to change not act better they have to change who they are they have to become a better person to the point that they can give they can make it about the other person no conditions and if that other person doesn't reciprocate that's okay you accept that the way it is now, if the situation's just so bad that you can't accept that the way it is, then maybe you need to find somebody else to be, you know, in a relationship with. If you're just incompatible and you just don't like that person when they are how they are, you see, if how they are just naturally, you give them the freedom to be whoever they are and, and they, they, they take that freedom and they're whoever they are and you just really can't stand them. Well, you've got a relationship with the wrong person, you see. Now you need to, you need to uh, find another person to have a relationship with. But mostly it's not like that. Mostly they're the way they are because you're the way you are. And you're the way you are because they're the way they are. And if you just grow up, they'll grow up too. That's more, that's more likely the case. Rather than just blame everything on the other person, it's much better to say, I'll change this. I'll change myself. I'll accept whatever happens. Most of the time, in the great majority, the whole relationship, both people will begin to grow when that takes place. It's, it's not that, it, it's pretty seldom that one person just says, oh, great, I always wanted a slave, you know, I'll just take advantage <laughs> of this other person who's giving to me, you know, I'm going to go out and buy a whip so I can, uh, you know, it's not like that very often. But if you have that kind of a person, then you're, you should probably look for a better relationship. That's not a good kind of person to be in a relationship with if they're abusive. Yeah. And that, now we're talking about an abusive person. Um, most people aren't abusive. They're just full of fear, full of ego, full of beliefs. They're struggling, trying to get along the best they can, just like you are. They're not really abusive, you know, at a, at a deeper level. They don't want to be abusive. They just want to be happy like everybody else. And they're just having a hard time doing that because life just isn't the way they need it. And it's their needs, of course, that are self-focused that uh, makes them unhappy. So that's really the key idea about relationship relationship you know you can have all kinds of advice oh you know guys bring her flowers oh girls you know you need to do this and that and we can have all this relationship device but advice but none of it will work for very long unless the people change who they are it's not about what you do yes you can do a nice thing for your significant other and the significant other will smile and like that and everything will be a little lighter for a while but if you're the same person you're going to have the same relationship. So you have to really be somebody else. It's the being level changes that are important, not the what you do. So relationship advice 
is mostly about telling you what to do. And what to do is a symptom reliever. All right, you've got a bad relationship, and here's some of the symptoms. You know, everybody's grouchy. Uh, you know, there's a lot of fighting and arguing going on, and those are the symptoms. Well, what can you do to fix that? Well, you can do something to help relieve the symptom. But if it doesn't change the underlying dynamic that's driving that, it'll go right back to the way it is. Nothing really will change. It'll just be the same. So the idea that you can look for something to do to make it better is a symptom reliever. Right. It might make it better in the short term. The only way you can really change it is by changing yourself. And you might think, well, how about I stay the same and I change them? <laughs> well, that, that doesn't work. <laughs> you can't change anybody but yourself. Hmm. And all you will do is aggravate everyone if you try to change somebody else. You can't change that other person. You can give them an environment wherein it's easier for them to change themselves. But that's as much as you can do. Or you can give them an environment that makes it harder for them mm. to change themselves. You, see, you can control that environment because you're part of that environment. But you can't make anybody else grow up. You can't make anybody else see the world differently than the way they see it. You can't change anybody else's reality in that, in that way. They have to do that from the inside. And you just don't want them to act. You want them to be different. Not just act different temporarily. You see, so a manipulation on your part that will get them to act better is just putting off the inevitable, if you will. It doesn't make the, the relationship any better. It just helps the symptom not, not pinch quite so much for a while until people get tired of acting and then they go back to being who they are. Right. So. That's kind of the bottom line on, on relationship. You know, how do we get our relationships better? Well, fix yourself, change yourself, do what you can do to get rid of that fear. So you're not always, you know, self-focused, self-centered and full of belief, get rid of that ego. And that's what you can do to help your relationship is fix yourself. So that would be my my advice, you know, we always want to fix the other person and we always want to change the situation in a doing mode and that doesn't work very long. So that's the key guys. You need to, you need to be different. If you don't, if you don't be different, then don't expect your relationship to be different. Right. It, it won't. Okay. So let's give some examples of, um, all right, so there are certain things that couples fight about a lot. One of them is money. Um, how do you make, how do you see that unconditionally instead of, I guess, I mean, obviously there's a bit of self-examination as to what your fears are, for sure. You know, mm -hmm. when it comes to money, is it, are you living beyond your means? Is it like what part of that? I mean, it, is it one person's working and the other person's not and you're resenting that person? I mean, money, it tends to be one of those areas. Um, people also, you know, with regards to household chores and things, they want to um, make it equal. So we try to make relationships equal and 
they're not exactly equal, but I mean, these are ways where we're thinking again of ourselves, obviously. Mm-hmm. They, so, they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they just don't work. Right. You know, you got an apple and an orange and you want to make them equal. You know, it just doesn't work that way. Those sorts of things. You talk about money. Well, everybody has limited resources. You can't buy everything you want. You can't spend it, you know, and do everything. So you have to make choices. And if it's, these are my choices, and somebody else has different choices. Well, of course, your choices are the best ones because right. otherwise, you know, they wouldn't be your choices, right? <laughs> and of course, their choices are the best ones in their mind or it wouldn't be their choices. So how do you deal with that? Now it's back to me against you. You know, my right is better than your right. And, and then it's an argument and nobody wants to give in. So it just ends badly. See, well, the way you break that is you, you talk about your the reason for your choices. Here's why, you know, these are my choices and here's why I want, I want these choices. This is why I think it's, you know, the best choices. Here are my arguments. Here are my, my ideas and they should do the same thing. Well, here are my choices and here, you know, whatever. And then the two of you should discuss the various options, ways of looking at it, not in a, how am I going to get him around to see my viewpoint? It's not a, mm-hmm. it's not try to manipulate each other, but just discuss it so that the point is for you to understand the other person's choices and why they're making them. And hopefully for them to understand your choices and why you're making them. After that, you can just say, okay, you decide, do what you want. Because now if they understand your choices, you can just let them do what they want. Now, you see, that puts them in this position of power, right? They get to do what they want with it. But they also now understand your choices. So what are they going to do? You see, now you've put the, you've put the, you know, the onus on them to do something that is a good thing for both. And if they just say, oh, my choice, okay, well, then the heck with your stuff. I need to do all my stuff. You know, thanks a lot. Well, again, now you're talking about somebody that's just very, very self-centered, and maybe that's not the right person for your relationship. You know, maybe they'll get over that. Maybe that's just the first time. Maybe the fifth time or the tenth time you do that, instead of going out and doing whatever they want and not giving your choices any consideration, they will change. And again, if they don't, you maybe are in the wrong relationship. But most people won't act that way. Most people, given that suddenly, that kind of authority or whatever, they'll think about it and they'll say, well, you know, I actually can see why this other person's choices, you know, have some merit to it. And maybe there's a way that we can both get a little bit of something of what we want. And I'll do that. So now you have a person not trying to just get their way but trying to do something that's good for both. There's the thinking about both people. You say, so you put them in that position to do that rather than a, no, my way, no, my way. You see, you break that. So you get open to discussion, get your point across, not in anger, but just in sharing information. Then say, okay, make the choice. That's fine. And if on the 10th time you do that, you feel like, you know, you're not, you're not getting any consideration whatsoever, then think about, well, are all my ideas that bad? Or 
is this person just that self-centered? And if the latter is true, then, you know, maybe they're not growing up or learning. Maybe you should try a little harder to help them grow up. But if that doesn't work, then maybe you need to look elsewhere for where who to spend your life with. So that's the kind of thing. But again, 98% of the cases, that other person, given that authority, will try to be even-handed with it. So then you've started a different thing. See, now you've opened up a whole new way of interacting rather than both of you trying to get your way and not give in to what the other one wants. And instead of a, a tussle, instead of a competition, me against you, now it's a sharing. Let's do this together in some way that works for both of us. So that's the thing. And it doesn't matter who's doing that to who, whether it's, you know, what the, what the relationship is. You know, it could be brother and sister. It could be mother and father. could be husband and wife. Uh, doesn't matter. So that's the point. You just let it go. Let the control go and give the other person the information they need to make a good decision and see what happens. Right. I mean, I think, you know, we get caught up on what we, I mean, ironically, we we often compare our relationships to our parental relationships. We're, you know, to be honest, we're probably very, <laughs> well, you know, our definitions of love are pretty messed up and we don't really know how to do things unconditionally. So we use examples and we think that we, you know, we chat with our friends and they tell us about their stuff and then, then we get all involved and we seem to think, again, it's about us being right and them being wrong, but we seem to think that this is the way a relationship should be. And I guess, you know, the whole point is, you know, getting out of that whole mindset, um, learning how not to take things personally, which is what we tend to do in almost all relationships, <laughs> not just the romantic ones, but like pretty mm -hmm. much all of them, but learning how, and as you said, Tom, it's not about allowing abuse, but it's about learning the difference like sometimes we confuse you know someone uh, being authentic or someone being just being themselves and saying saying what they're thinking instead of you know monitoring or um, being more diplomatic or whatever and then we think that that's a big problem but it's Sometimes we have to look at what our triggers are to know why we're getting triggered. Like, what is our fear around this instead of, because we, we tend to blame the other person. And you've mentioned that it's not about blaming the other person. But sometimes what we think is abuse may not be abuse at all. It's just because we've perceived it from our experiences and we've kind of made that unconscious, you know, putting everybody in the same box sort of thing without finding out, you know, what their reasons or what they're thinking or what they're, you know, why they're saying or doing what they're doing instead of, you sure. know, right? Yeah. That, yeah, that's exactly what happens. That, uh, and it, like you say, it happens for everybody in almost all the relationships. Yeah. 
But if you have fear, fear tends to make a person, like I say, self-centered, makes a person insecure. Right. If you have fear, well, that's kind of the thing. If, if you're fearful, then you're insecure about something. You know, when you're, when you're completely secure, then that's because you don't have fear making you insecure. When you're insecure, you, you expect people to find fault with you because you find fault with yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, you're insecure, you're not too secure about this, then you expect people will be finding fault with you. You expect people will be putting you down. You expect people don't understand you, whatever. You've got all this expectation. So when somebody says, oh, it's a nice day today, you get upset with that because you think <laughs> they think I'm so stupid that I don't even know what kind of day it is today, you know, and they just were making a comment on the day. And you feel like they think you're stupid because you feel inside like you might be stupid. So you expect people to say things to you as if you were stupid. So you interpret everything that way. And that's why, you know, it's always all about you. You see, it's all about you because you have this fear and this insecurity and these inadequacies, which is what fear is all about. And because of that, you interpret things personally. Everything is personally. If the boss says that wasn't a very good job today at the office, the boss doesn't like me. Yeah. You know, the boss doesn't, you know, for some reason he's out to get me. You know, you have all this personal issue with it. And maybe he just didn't like what you did that day. You know, and it's just, you know, that wasn't very good. Didn't meet his needs. Maybe you don't understand his needs. You see, maybe the way you thought was good really doesn't work for him and the things that he's looking for and the way he's looking for it. Well, instead of feeling like, oh, he doesn't like me, I can't go talk to him because I know he doesn't like me. You see, we get into all of this. It's always about us. And it's mostly it's not about us at all. It's all about them because they're full of fear, too. Right. You see, right. and it's really not about us. It's about them. They have another need. Your boss needs some other kind of thing, and he needs it to be written in a different kind of way, and he's not maybe very good at explaining that to you, or maybe you never ask, you see, or maybe when he does try to explain it, you think, well, that's not right. That's really not what he should want. You know, you tend to just not listen. You know, a lot of people aren't very good listeners, so that's this problem, so it works both ways, you see. If you're fearful then things are always about you and you want it your way. And if you're fearful, anything anybody else says that involves you, you tend to take personally because that's the nature of what fear does to people. And that's one of the, you know, that's the big, uh, you know, men are for Mars and women are for Venus problem because males and females kind of mean different things even when they say some of the same words. We kind of look at the world differently and if both the man and the woman have fears, they both misinterpret what the other person's saying because everything is interpreted in terms of their own reality and they've never really gotten out of their own reality enough to appreciate the reality of somebody else. So that's, it's a, it's a problem. When everybody's fearful, then everybody has problems with relationship, whether it's with your boss or your, your spouse or your children. It's the same thing. Where there's fear, relationship becomes difficult. 
and problematical, no matter who that relationship's with. If you've got fears around your children, what they'll become and what they're doing and, and that sort of thing, then you will create problems in that relationship with your children. And if they have fears about you, anything I tell mom, you know, she's not going to like. So I just won't tell her anything, and that'll be better. You see, well, now that creates, it starts creating a problem in the relationship. So, yes, fear is the, fear is the, the big problem here. And most of us in relationship, you've got two people, both full of fear, in, in relationship with each other. That's why relationships are so tough with children, with bosses, with peers, you know, with spouses. They're just really tough because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of doomed, if you will. If that fear is too big, it makes those relationships really hard until somebody grows up. Right. And then that helps the other person grow up, which then helps that first person grow up a little more, which then helps the other. See, now you've got an upward spiral going rather than the downward spiral going going and that's where we want to get to that's why don't worry about fair well if i'm nice and they're not that wouldn't be fair i might get run don't worry about fair don't worry about yourself and that you're going to get run over and woe is me you know and i need to be tough and look out for for number one just do it and if they decide to spend the money how they want to spend the money just accept that and if it turns out that that wasn't really a very clever way to spend the money well, they'll learn that by making mistakes. We learn from making mistakes. Let people make mistakes. <laughs> Let your children make mistakes. So if your spouse is going to go, you know, buy a new gun and a and a power boat, you know, and what you really need is to patch the roof in your house, you know, well, let that go. Okay. That's what, you know, I've I've told you what I think and you go do it and that's what they do. Well, next time it rains and, it, you know, and the water runs in the house, don't say, I told you so. Just let it be. They'll get it. They'll understand. As soon as you then make a point of it, now they have to get defensive and deny it. So just let it be. Let people learn from their experience without you trying to point it out, without you being the teacher, you see. And so that's how you can just give up a lot of those things. Let the other person be the way they are. You just give to it and let it go. They will eventually start learning from whatever mistakes they make. And as it turns out, if they're not making mistakes, if their choices turn out to be really good choices, then you can learn a few things about letting other people make the choices that yours aren't always necessarily the best. So it'll see, you're going to learn either way. Yeah. It's growing up. Whichever way that cookie crumbles, you're going to grow up from it. That's why getting rid of fear is a growth path no matter what happens. So you can't lose if you do that. This idea of, well, if I'm the floor mat, I'll lose and the other person will win. No, you can't lose. If you, if you become love, you can't lose. You'll always win. And the people around you will begin to win too. And then it'll be win-win rather than me against you. It always works out to the positive. The becoming love is never the weak hand. It's always the strong hand. It's always the one that succeeds. It's always the one that ends up happy and satisfied. So it's not a weak hand. People think that that would be a weak hand if you just kind of gave every, you know, your other person in a relationship you're struggling with. If you just kind of gave them a carte blanche and let them do the way they wanted and you just try to give to them and make them happy, oh, that would be awful. You'd be so abused. Well, that's mostly just your fear. 
Right. You're not going to be so abused unless you just happen to have, you know, that one in a thousand that's just really not a very nice person. Most people will learn and start growing in that situation. And it may be a little rough in the beginning, but give it six months, give it a year, and uh, things will change. So that's that's the thing. You have to have the courage. Growing up takes courage. And the courage is to stop trying to control things and just let them be how they are and accept it and give where you can give. Don't worry about taking and what you get. Right. Anything you get will be good enough. You see? And that's the attitude. But again, that takes courage. People don't want to stop trying to control because they think that's the only thing that saves them is their their manipulation and their control. And if they didn't do that, it would be awful. That's just their fear. It wouldn't be awful at all. It would be better. So you, 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 get, you, you actually get more control by giving up control. Right. I think the one point you made about the teacher part, I think that's a tough one to let go of. <laughs> <laughs> it is for most people, but yeah, you have to stop being in the teacher role. Right. People will learn from their experience. They don't learn from being lectured to. Matter of fact, being lectured to makes them go the other way. If you if you, if you say go right and they say go left and you say, all right, go left, and you end up getting lost because going right was the right thing, the best thing to do is say nothing. Okay, they know. They were there. They know what happened. You know, you don't have to explain it to them. If you yeah. just say nothing, it allows them to grow up from it. If you say something, instead of them growing up from the situation and learning from the error, they get defensive right. and have to deny that there's a problem. And now they make up a story that justifies that what they did, even though it was wrong, really was the best thing at the time, you see. And they start making up stories to justify themselves rather than just saying, oh, yeah, I really blew that one. You know, I sh you know, should have done it differently. So it's the being the teacher often stops the learning right. and it's the same with your children if you're always nagging at your children and as soon as they do something wrong you start lecturing them about it it makes it very hard for them to learn anything from their mistake you kind of take the lesson away from them if you explain things to them and then they kind of do something else because they'd like they think that'd be more fun and it turns out badly for them well you just give them a hug and say well i'm sorry that turned out so badly and leave it alone don't then end up with a lecture of, I told you so, and here's why. They'll get all that. Let people learn. Stop trying to manipulate them by explaining things to them. And that is a hard one to get mm -hmm. over. We all want to just get in there and explain mm -hmm. to somebody else why we're right and they're wrong. Because <laughs> that makes us feel good because, you know, we've got this ego and that sort of thing really makes our ego feel better because we were right and they were wrong and they need to listen to us more often and <laughs> On and on and on, you see. And, of course, they, they feel that ego coming at them, and that makes them go the opposite way. They put up their shield right. so they don't get that. you know. So they start shielding themselves from that rather than just learning from the mistake. So that's, yeah, that's another thing. Just let people be. If they make mistakes, it's okay. Now, with your children, you have to keep them from making mistakes that will hurt them long term, right? You don't say, okay, gee, I'll let my three-year-old play in the street. And if they get run over, they'll learn from the mistake. That's not a good idea. <laughs> but you know what I mean. When you're dealing with adults, then you let them, or even an older child to a certain extent. I mean, there's certain areas that they can still make 
mistakes in, you know, and you let them do it. Let them have a consequence. Let them learn from it without the explanation and without the lecture. People will get it. Yeah. Um, okay, so it makes me think there was one part of that I'm not sure that we talked about, about the feeling connected. I think there is this, hmm, there's this interesting, <laughs> I don't know, I want to word this properly. There's this interesting thought that, you know, there's the one out there, there's, you know, our soulmate, or, you know, it's gotten even better with the, um, the twin flame idea and stuff. And, and I don't really want to put those ideas down and, (laughs) but there's, there's more to it than that. Like this piece about, you know, feeling connected and wanting that to be, I mean, the important part of the relationship. I think to me, the important part of the relationship is whether you guys can communicate properly. (laughs) I mean, obviously there has to be some sort of attraction or some sort of connection, but I I wonder how much maybe we put too much emphasis on this connection. This right, finding just the right person. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is way overdone. (laughs) Think about the way it, it always was, uh, you know, let's go back a couple of hundred years when they didn't have, you know, internets and you didn't have automobiles and traffic and airplanes and all of that stuff. People grew up in their town or even the part of the city that they grew up in. And basically they didn't move around a whole lot. They didn't travel a lot. You know, the large part of the population probably stayed within about 20 miles of where they were born. Because they're just the only way to get any further was to walk, you know, and unless you had a good reason, there was just no point, you know, to go walk 20 miles in one direction and then have to walk 20 miles to get back. So people didn't travel a whole lot. And somehow they all happened to find wives and husbands and, you know, families, and it all seemed to work, even though they just had a selection of just those people in their community. Just those people in their tribe, just those people that were within a few miles of them was really all the selection they had. And if you lived in small towns, that might not be very many. You know, there may have been only a dozen people that were your age, you know, for you to have a relationship with, a romantic relationship. And you picked out of that dozen because that's what you had to pick with. And were relationships just all horrible then because nobody could seek out their twin flame, you know? Well, no, of course not. It's not, you know, this special person just for you is not necessary. If you are a loving, caring person, you can have a really good relationship with almost everybody in all kinds of relationships. All your relationships are good, you see? And you can have a a good, fulfilling, successful relationship with lots of people because you don't come with requirements. Yes, right, you need to have an attraction. You need to, you know, you need to be, you know, same sex or opposite sex, depending on the way you're put together. You know, there's certain, a few certain things, but after you get those, buy those big things, then eh, the rest really doesn't matter that much. 
you know, we, we go back to a time when uh, often uh, relationships were prearranged, right? right. Uh, you know, wives and husbands were selected for each other by their parents. And <laughs> nobody really considered too much what their, what their requirements were. And that happened a lot. And for the most part, you know, they worked. Because the people knew they had to make them work. Because if they didn't make them work, then they were going to be unhappy and miserable. So they tried to make them work. So, yeah, the idea that there's this special someone. Now, sometimes there's somebody you just hit it with. And sometimes there is a special someone. But that's more of a rare event than it is a everybody has that special twin flame somewhere in the world and they just need to search them out and find them. And if you don't have this instant chemistry, then it's not the right one and no sense pursuing it. Well, that's nonsense. If you don't have that special chemistry, it's probably because you're self-centered. <laughs> <laughs> chemistry doesn't work that way. You're waiting for somebody that uh, will just light your fire and the bells will ring and the angels will sing and you know music <laughs> plays and you live happily ever after. That's more of a Hollywood. Yes. It's more of a Hollywood thing than it is a real life thing. So it's. It generally doesn't work that way. It can work that way. Not that that doesn't happen. You know, the my my wife Pamela is one of those that was. You know, I I uh, had gotten messages, you know, intuitive messages, when I was 14 and she was two years old, of the connection, and we lived in different states. Had no, you know, we were hundreds and hundreds of miles separated, and there was no reason for us ever to get together. But I had messages and intuition about things like that. So sometimes that happens, but mostly if your life is is scripted for some reason, more scripted or less scripted, most people's lives aren't scripted at all. <laughs> they they just things happen. You bump into people. You know, you get along. You don't. Uh, you're compatible. You're not. You like each other, you don't, you know, those things just happen. And when they happen, you go for it. And most of it has to do with your own mindset. It's how you feel about things, how open you are, how, um, you know, how few uh, requirements do you have? The things have to be a certain way. So that's mostly what it is. Or, you know, if you're what, uh, female and 25 and no prospects in sight, you know, how loud is your uh, baby clock ringing? Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that kind of change a person's attitudes toward that. And these things all, all figure in. Although I think it's 35 now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, 35. Yeah, I guess it's gone up these days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, if you're a, or if you're a guy and you're yeah. 30 and you're still single and you want a family and you know it's the same thing you know so you start looking for compatibility and you can find compatibility where before you never did well that's not because the world's changed or the people you meet's changed it's because you've changed so an awful lot of that has to do with what's in your head your attitude and uh, the way you're thinking about life and reality and relationship that's what defines most of those most of those things and many of the twin flame kind of things start out with a very romantic story, but they don't really end up much different than the average relationship. 
Right. <laughs> so true. Okay, so the last thing I'd like to touch on, because Love Month isn't just about relationships with others, but also with ourselves. And I know you have an interesting concept about self-love, but I think the self-love is all connected with our fears as well. I mean, we, you know, whether we're confident or, you know, it, it all seems to be intertwined. And I think the better relationship we have with being able to accept who we are and our fears and our understanding, then the better relationship we can have outside Yes, that's that's true. I agree with that. And I don't think we would have much of a disagreement with, with this discussion at all, but we probably use different words. You okay. see, what you call self-love, I would say, isn't really self-love. It's not about loving yourself. It's about not disliking yourself. <laughs> okay. uh, those two things are very different. You see, the loving yourself is like you hug yourself and say, oh, I am just so wonderful. You know, <laughs> I'm in love with me. You know, that's called narcissism. Yeah. And loving yourself is not a good thing. Right. <laughs> disliking yourself is not a good thing. It's a different thing. Mm. And disliking yourself where you have, you feel inadequate, you feel insecure, you feel unworthy. All of that stuff is just your fear and it gets in the way. And that's the problem. And that's what people mean when they talk about self-love. They mean you have to not dislike yourself. You have to accept mm -hmm. yourself. This is me. Okay, here I am. I've got a word on my nose. You know, I've got this, that. I'm 50 pounds overweight. I have, you know, whatever it is. You just list it all off and you can say, I accept that. That's who I am. Now, what am I going to do about it? You know, where do I go from here? And... Instead of whining about it or feeling sorry for yourself or doing anything else, you just accept it. And by accept it, I don't mean you say, it's okay, and I can just always stay that way, and it won't be a problem. <laughs> That's not what I mean by accept it. I mean you own it. It's yours. Be authentic. And if that's not the way you want to be, then start making a plan to change it. Outgrow it. Become something else. But first, you have to accept. You have to own just who it is you are, the fears that you have, the issues you have, the requirements that you have, the difficulties that you have, you know, doing things. And you just have to own that. And then you have to just live it honestly, not apologize for it. Just this is the way I am. And if you don't like it, you have to be different. You have to grow up. You have to change. But you can't change till first you get to the point where you own it. You see, you can't change it if you don't own it. So that's the thing. If you live in a fantasy land where you keep telling yourself stories rather than actually being authentic, you keep making up excuses and using blame and guilt and other sorts of devices, then you're not being authentic. You don't, you don't own it. You're always denying it and blaming problems on other people. Then you can't change yourself because you don't own yourself. You don't even know who you are. You see, you're too frightened to even figure, you know, to even come to an honest relationship with yourself in that, who am I? And that's the key. That's the start. You can't go anywhere without that. So that's why in the new age world, you hear this, uh, you have to love yourself before you can love other people. They don't mean that you have to be a narcissist before you can love other people. That's not what they mean. They mean you have to not be negative about yourself. You have to be authentic. You have to own who you are, accept who you are, 
and then go from there. Right. And that's that's the point. So yes, that's that's very important because as long as you keep telling yourself story and putting the blame elsewhere, you can't change yourself because you don't even know who you are. Right. Right. All you know is the story that you tell yourself, and that's who you you pretend that right. you are, and that may be oh poor little old me kind mm-hmm. of a story. Mm-hmm. And if the story is basically you know that sort of story, then you're a victim. And if you're a victim, you can't be anything else. You have to let go of being a victim before you can be anything other than a victim. That's one of those things that if you go there, it sucks you in. It's like slapping that tar baby in the old uh, Br'er Rabbit things. Once you hit the tar baby, you can't get loose. You know, And that's what the, that victim mentality does. It sucks you into a, it's a story that says, I can't help it. It's something else is doing this to me, and there's nothing I can do about it. See, that's the victim. So now how can you ever grow up? How can you ever change if you've got that attitude? You can't. You're stuck. So uh, that being a, being a victim is the worst place that you can go as far as growth goes. If you feel sorry for yourself, if you see the, that big nasty world out there just doesn't give you a chance and doesn't give you a break and everything seems to be against you and you know mm-hmm. you feel that, then you're kind of stuck there until you hit rock bottom and, and you know sometimes that's what they call that dark night of the soul. You get to the point that it just can't get any worse and then you kind of wake up and take charge and then maybe you can grow from there. But as long as you're a, a victim, you're kind of stuck in that in that self-pity thing. And there's it's hard to get out of that. So that's that's a good place to stay away from. <laughs> that's a that's like stepping in quicksand. You know, yeah. that just sucks you sucks you down deeper and deeper. Yeah. But that's a lot of people get into that because they have this fear and it's all about them. They take everything personally. And, you know, it's like, nobody likes me. You know, it's one of those things that you hear a two-year-old say sometimes because their whole world's just crumbled in on them because they didn't get the cupcake they wanted or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that same thing going on except in an adult. And it doesn't work any better as an adult as it does as a two-year-old. It uh, is a failed strategy. Yeah. So it is very important not to be negative towards yourself, but to accept what you are and change it if you don't like it. Right. If you do like it, well, just keep being it, you know, do it and be, be proud of it. You know, you are who you are. Be authentic. Don't just say things because you think that's what people want to hear. Say things because that's the way you feel. If you feel like it wouldn't be rude to really say what you feel, then just don't say anything. <laughs> We've been getting to the heart of what matters on Love Month. We'll be back next week. Thank you. Have a question for Lori and want to be on the next News from the Heart show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. News from the Heart is brought to you by Intuitive Soul and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org. 